Uh, everything that we're doing is being recorded. Thank God for the um, technology that allows us to document and record and share this information. And may I uh, encourage you to really uh, consider sharing this series. Um, it's going to shock people. This series that I'm doing is going to shock people that we're doing here. Uh, it's going to it's going to blow your mind to hear what is being planned for America and for the world between now and the year 2030. Um, I have I spent two hours in the office this afternoon printing documents just for tonight's service. Two hours of straight printing. I think I broke our printer uh, in the office tonight. Um, I probably have 500 pages of documentation, and that is just the surface, scratching the surface of the research that I have done on this. This is just my screenshots, not even including articles that I've saved or hundreds of hours of videos that I have watched on this issue. And you're going to get people, we're already hearing from people in the medical field that are calling me a kook, they're calling me crazy. They're saying I'm dangerous because what I'm about to tell you sounds like science fiction. It sounds like an end of the world science fiction scenario, but the reality is, as we're gonna see here tonight, and I'll lay a biblical foundation for where we're going to be uh, this evening, uh, this was all predicted by the Bible thousands of years ago. We just happened to see it all happening right before our very eyes. All the prophecies are converging all at the same time. And because of technology, the uh, prophecies are happening at an exponential speed. Um, and it's, it's, it's really incredible to see how late the hour is on the prophetic clock. And so I'm going to try and back up as much of, of what I'm telling you with straight data from the sources, whether it's the World Economic Forum, the Rockefeller Foundation, the Rothschild Foundation, the United Nations, the European Union, the World Health Organization, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on and on. There's, this is a web that is being weaved by the most powerful people in the world. And um, I don't know that we can stop it. I don't know, uh, I don't know that America can uh, uh, opt out of this. What's coming is so much bigger uh, than just one country. So I want to call this first message, we'll entitle this first message tonight, Who is Like the Beast? Speaking of the Antichrist government, the government, the one world government that's going to come to power in the last days, that the devil himself, the Antichrist, will take over and become the leader of this one world uh, government, which is not only going to be a one world government, it's going to be a one world economy, it's going to be a one world currency, uh, and it's going to be a one world military with a police force global police force, and it's going to be a one world religion. This is what they're planning. It's exactly what the Bible said would be the case in the last days. And so this is part three of our series entitled The Great Reset. I'm going to do three messages tonight. I've already done two messages. They're online. I encourage you to watch them uh, because they build upon one another. I'm going to try not to repeat a lot of information because I want to get through more information uh, then I'm probably going to be able to tonight. Uh, so it'll be five messages after tonight, and then I'll do a sixth message on Sunday morning, and that'll probably be the last one. Uh, but I, we could go on on this for a year, and we could, we could spend a lot more time on it, but I, I, I don't think we're going to. So I want to start in Daniel chapter 2, 
uh, starting in verse 28, as we see the prophecies in the scriptures of the last day's uh, government that the Bible calls a great beast. And again, the message is entitled, Who is Like the Beast? Daniel chapter 2, starting in verse 28. So Daniel here is coming uh, to answer uh, the, the, the king, Nebuchadnezzar. He's coming to answer his question, what, what did my dreams mean? I had dreams. They troubled me. It means something. All of my magicians and soothsayers and astrologers can't figure out what my dreams meant. Call the Hebrew kid from Israel, the Jewish exile that's here in Babylon to me. Daniel came and God gave Daniel the interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. So we read in verse 28 of Daniel 2, Daniel says to Nebuchadnezzar, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. So this is a prophecy related to specifically the latter days, the last days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. As for you, O king, thoughts came into your mind while you were on your bed about what would come to pass after this. And he who reveals secrets has made known to you what will be. But as for me, this secret has not been revealed to me because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but for our sakes who make known the interpretation to the king and that you may know the thoughts of your heart. You, O king, were watching and behold a great image. This great image whose splendor was excellent stood before you and its form was awesome. The image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This is the dream. Now we will tell the interpretation of it before the king. So the king had this dream. It troubled him. He didn't tell anyone the dream. He wanted someone to tell him what he dreamed. That's how he knew that it would be the legitimate interpretation of the dream. His wise men or sages said, well, tell us the dream. We'll tell you what it means. Nebuchadnezzar goes, no, you tell me what dream I had. Tell me what dream I had. Then I'll believe that you're really a magician or a soothsayer or a sage or an astrologer. And none of them could do it except for Daniel because God was giving Daniel the interpretation of what was coming in the future uh, to the world and specifically to the people of Israel. This is all related to specifically the land of Israel, the city of Jerusalem and the nations that would come, the Gentile nations that would rule over Israel. So he says, this is the interpretation of it before the king. So he told him his dream. Now he's going to give him the interpretation. He says, you, O king, this is Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, are a king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wherever the children of men dwell or the beasts of the field 
and the birds of the heavens he has given them into your hand and has made you ruler over them all. You are this head of gold. So the empire of Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar was the head of gold in this statue that, that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream. The, the most glorious, the most precious metal, the most powerful kingdom was the Babylonian kingdom un, under Nebuchadnezzar. He says, but after you, verse 39, shall rise another kingdom inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. So remember, uh, it started off with the head of gold, that's Babylon. Its chest and arms were of silver. So silver is a precious metal, but not nearly as valuable as gold. And uh, the chest and silver, uh, chest and arms of silver uh, would be the a Medo-Persian empire that would come after the Babylonian empire. And so you have uh, the, the two arms and the chest uh, representing two nations, the Medes and the Persians that came together uh, and conquered Babylon. They were silver. He says the third kingdom uh, will be bronze. And this was the, uh, the belly and the thighs of bronze in the statue. This was speaking of the Greek empire. Alexander the Great and the Greek empire came and uh, conquered the Medo-Persian Empire. Then he says, um, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, this is uh, the Greeks, shall rule over all the earth. Verse 40, and the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything. And like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. This was the Roman Empire that came and just crushed the whole world. They were a military power like no other military power uh, in history. Nobody actually beat uh, the Romans in war. Nobody did. Some people like the Great, uh, Great Britain, the island of, of, of Great Britain, kind of fought them off and held them off, the Roman Empire with the Wall of Hadrian and so forth. Uh, and that's as far as the Roman Empire went. It went as far north as you could go in Europe, all the way to the island of Great Britain and the British Isles. Uh, but it conquered pretty much the rest of the known world, at least the known world of the Middle East and the whole area of Southern Europe. And it was brutal. The Roman Empire crushed everyone that stood in their way. Now, what's interesting about the Roman Empire is it wasn't conquered by another nation. And so this is how we know that the last empire that's going to come is a revived Roman Empire because no other nation conquered the Roman Empire in its day. It just kind of collapsed because of moral rot and corruption among the senators and the leadership of Rome. They just kind of gave up. They just threw up their hands and walked away from uh, Rome and from their, their empire. And it, it, it ended up uh, just, just kind of... Uh, being assimilated into uh, other nations, uh, and then the church was, uh, the, the Roman Catholic Church or the Orthodox Church, the Greek Orthodox and Roman Catholic Church kind of came up and became the political power there in Southern Europe, but they weren't necessarily a military power from outside that came in and conquered Rome. So he says in verse 41, he says, whereas you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with the ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong 
and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. So he's talking about another uh, revival of that last iron empire not as strong not with one ruler like an emperor or a caesar but with 10 rulers 10 toes signifying as we're going to see 10 kings that are going to come in the last days uh, and this empire will come out of rome it'll have 10 kings and it's not going to be as strong as the other empires before it uh, because it says it's going to be clay and iron mixed together and, and so because you have so many nations, uh, they're, they're not always going to be in agreement with each other. These ten kings, they're all going to have their own agendas. And so it's not going to be as strong uh, until the little horn comes and the, uh, the Antichrist comes and takes over that kingdom. He says, in the days of those kings, verse 44, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to another people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. This dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. And so the rock that's going to come, that's going to conquer all of these world kingdoms, these Gentile world kingdoms, is Jesus Christ. The rock is Christ. He is the rock. He's the rock that's going to come and crush the Antichrist kingdom. And then his kingdom is going to fill the whole world. A rock that was uh, uh, not cut, uh, cut out of a mountain, not with hands. Remember, Jesus is the stone which the builders rejected. And, uh, and, and he is going to eventually come and conquer this kingdom, and he is going to establish uh, his thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. Now, in Daniel chapter 7, God gives Daniel some more information about this time. In Daniel chapter 7 and verse 15, Daniel, we read this, I, Daniel was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all of this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts which are four are four kings which arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. So ultimately, God is going to reign, and it's going to be an everlasting kingdom, he's saying. Verse 19, Then I wished to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured and broke in pieces and trampled the residue with its feet. And the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up before the three, before three fell, namely, that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the Ancient of Days came. 
and a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings, who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall rise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. And this is a phrase referring to the great tribulation period throughout the Bible. Time, times, and half a time is used in Revelation 12. It's used in other places in the scriptures to describe the time of the great tribulation, the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Time is a year, times is two years, half a time is half a year, it's three and a half years. So we know this is speaking of the last kingdom, the Antichrist's kingdom. He says in verse 26, but the court shall be seated and they shall take away his dominion, speaking of the Antichrist or the little horn with the big mouth, uh, shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This is the account, or the end of the account. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly troubled me, and my countenance changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. God showed him the Antichrist. He showed, God showed Daniel the, uh, the reign of the revived Roman Empire over the whole world. God also showed Daniel the, terror, the terrors that he is going to bring against the tribulation saints during that time of the tribulation period. And God also showed Daniel the coming of Jesus Christ uh, that is going to conquer this one and is going to rule the world forever. He says his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. This is speaking of Jesus who's going to return uh, part of the gospel message is that Jesus is coming back. There aren't very many churches teaching about Jesus coming back today. It's pretty amazing to me. I mean, it's been over 2,000 years since Jesus was here. He was born. He died uh, almost 2,000 years ago on the cross, and he was raised again on the third day. After 40 days, he ascended into heaven, and he said, I'm coming back again. And so the gospel message includes that Jesus Christ is going to return to set up his kingdom and rule forever and ever. And so we should be looking for the return of Jesus Christ. And we as a church, I know we are looking for the return of Jesus Christ. And we need to make sure all of the church and all the churches are aware that we are living in these very, very uh, last days prophetically on the prophetic clock. We're right there uh, at the end uh, of this age, I truly believe. Now, in Revelation and chapter 12, we read this just to give you some more definitions. Let the Bible interpret the Bible, let Scripture interpret Scripture. Now, a great sign appeared in heaven, Revelation 12 1. A woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet 
and on her head a garland of 12 stars. This is not speaking of the Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary didn't appear in heaven clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and her head having a garland of 12 stars. This is the nation of Israel. The woman is Israel, spiritual Israel. She was the bride of Jehovah. Israel was the bride of the Father. The church is the bride of the Son. We are the bride of Christ. Israel, national Israel, is the wife of God. And so we know that this is not speaking of Mary. This is speaking of Israel, uh, spiritually speaking. It says in verse 2, Then being with child, she, Israel, cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. Notice here that you have the seven heads and the ten horns, just like we had the ten kings, just like we had the ten toes uh, back in Daniel. It says his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven. The stars would be the angels. When Satan fell, he took a third of the angels with him, and he threw them to the earth. And the dragon, the devil, stood before the woman, Israel, who was ready to give birth, to devour her child as soon as he was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there for 1,200 and 60 days. That's exactly three and a half years. That's half of a seven-year period. The last seven years of Daniel's prophecy of the 490 years, the 70th week of Daniel from Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. We did a whole message on this a couple of months ago, uh, the 70th week of Daniel. This is the last half of that seven-year period. It's uh, 1,260 days or uh, three and a half years on a 60-day calendar because the Jews used a 60-day calendar, not a, a, a 360-day calendar, I'm sorry. 30 days, uh, it was a lunar calendar, so it was 30 days per month. 30 uh, days times 12 is 360. They didn't have uh, the calendar of the Romans yet when the Bible was written. So everything with dates and prophecies uh, is related to a a 360-day calendar, and that's very important. It's not a 365 and a quarter-day solar calendar. That came later, but God uses the uh, lunar calendar, which is uh, 30 days for a month and 360 days for a year. So 1,260 days is exactly three and a half years. The woman who is fleeing into the wilderness is not Mary, uh, who's here in the Great Tribulation period. It's Israel, and that God is going to protect Israel for that three and a half years uh, as she is going to flee to a place uh, of safety, likely into uh, Jordan, into the rock city of Petra. This is what Jesus warned in Matthew 24 for the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet. If you see these things take place, he says, flee the city of Jerusalem. Pray it's not on the Sabbath day and pray it's not in the middle of winter. And, you know, woe to those who are pregnant and nursing babies in those days. When it happens and the great tribulation period begins, it's going to happen. And the devil's man is going to take control and take power at that time. But it's interesting that the dragon that's mentioned, who is the devil, is shown with the seven heads and the ten horns, with seven uh, crowns or diadems on his head. We read in verses 13 and 14 uh, of, Dan of uh, Revelation 12, 
Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for time, times, and half a time from the presence of the serpent. It's not speaking of Mary. This is speaking of the nation of Israel in the great tribulation period. The dragon is the devil, and he is going to try and destroy uh, Israel and the Jews at this time. And yet the whole book of Revelation is about God sparing the Jews, saving the Jews, and coming back to rescue the Jews at the end of the tribulation period. In Revelation chapter 13, we read this in verse 1. Then I saw on the sand of the sea, or I stood rather on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, his mouth like the mouth of a lion, the dragon or the devil gave him his power, his throne, and his great authority. So this beast that's coming up out of the seas, the seas would be the Gentile nations, uh, is speaking of a government. It's a government of leaders and kings and rulers who are going to basically carve up the earth and they're going to rule over the earth. And then the Antichrist is going to come and he's going to take over the power. He says uh, in verse 3, I saw one of the heads or one of the political leaders or one of the kings as if he had been mortally wounded, likely an assassination attempt. And the deadly wound was healed and all the world marveled and followed the beast. Now for the Bible to predict that the whole world would do anything is pretty presumptuous. Just like Jesus said, this gospel uh, message shall be preached to the whole world as a witness against it, and then the end will come. You could say, well, that was pretty presumptuous of Jesus to make that prediction 2,000 years ago from uh, you know, the backwater of the Roman Empire there in Jerusalem or in uh, Galilee, uh, well, the Mount of Olives is where he said it actually in Jerusalem, that the gospel, his gospel with only you know, 12 followers, 12 disciples, one of them was the devil himself, Judas Iscariot, uh, became possessed by the devil and betrayed Jesus. So he really only had 11 of his apostles or his disciples. And he's saying, this gospel is going to get to the whole world and then the end's going to come. Well, guess what, guys? The gospel's gone to the whole world in our generation. There's no nations left that have not heard the gospel. Maybe not every single tribe and every indigenous people that live in the jungle have heard the gospel, but that's not what Jesus predicted. He didn't say this gospel will be preached to every person on earth. He didn't say this gospel will be preached to every tribe on earth. He said it's going to be preached to the whole world as a witness against it, to all the nations of the earth. And in our lifetime, that has been fulfilled. Only God knows the future to speak that way about the things that are happening. The whole world is going to hear the gospel. Then the end will come. We live in the generation where the whole world has heard the gospel and overwhelmingly rejected the gospel, by the way, have not wanted to follow Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, even Christian nations are turning away from God and turning to paganism and idolatry and Satanism and witchcraft uh, and Buddhism and Hinduism and all the rest. It's, it's a tragedy to see uh, what's happening to our world. But notice here that when this uh, leader, this king, or this, this head of the beast had been mortally wounded uh, and the deadly wound was healed, all the world somehow marveled 
and followed the beast. How could the whole world follow one political leader? Well, we see how that could happen today. Couldn't have happened at any other time in history where the whole world, the whole planet, could follow one government and one leader, the whole world. Today, that's exactly what's happening, actually. That's what their plan is, is to take over the whole world. Of course, they don't know that the Antichrist is going gonna, is gonna to take the whole thing over, all of these powerful billionaires and royal families and so forth who are pushing for this great reset in the Agenda 21 and the 2030 Agenda and the Fourth uh, Industrial Revolution that they're planning. But the whole world's going to see this one. He's going to appear to be killed. He's going to appear to be resurrected. He's a false Christ, and so he's going to fake his death and, 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 then, and then look to appear to be resurrected. Uh, just like Jesus was killed and, and raised on the third day, this is a counterfeit Christ, it's the Antichrist. It says in verse 4, so they, this is speaking of the people of the whole world, they worshipped the dragon, that's the devil, who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like the beast, and who is able to make war with him? So he's going to be a powerful military leader. He's going to be somebody who people are going to be afraid of. Uh, like a beast who is very, very powerful. And they're going to they're, they're gonna worship the, the devil, which is what the devil's always wanted. He's always wanted to be worshipped. He's going to get his wish at this time. The whole world's going to worship the devil, it says, who gave authority to the beast. That's the Antichrist. They're going to worship the beast. They're going to worship the Antichrist, saying, who is like the beast? And who is able to make war with him? Apparently nobody that's going to be on earth at that time. And he was given a mouth to speak great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for how long? 42 months. Time, times, and half a time. Three and a half years. The great tribulation period. And it's going to be the scariest time in the history of planet Earth that Jesus said if the days were not cut short, no flesh will survive the great tribulation period. It's going to be like no time in human history. Jesus said it's going to be just like the days of Noah. Uh, he's going to, he said it's going to be just like the days of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, and it's going to be, as we know, like the uh, rebuilding of the Tower of Babel, where, where the whole world is going to have one language and is going to be able to contact the stars, the fallen angels, and get instructions from the demons, the demonic realm, in order to establish this satanic kingdom. Again, all the pieces are falling into place. He says, then he opened his mouth, verse 6, in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints. These are the tribulation saints, primarily led by the Jews, the Messianic Jews, the 144,000 Jews who will be sealed. And the devil can't touch these 144,000 Jews, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. The two witnesses are going to be witnessing there in Jerusalem that the Antichrist will not be able to kill or touch until their witness is completed. And then they're going to be killed and then they're going to be raised from the dead and ascend bodily into heaven, we're told. Uh, and so these saints are not the church. The church is not mentioned from Revelation chapter 4 all the way through until Revelation, really Revelation 6, all the way through Revelation chapter 19. The word ekklesia, the Greek word for church, is not mentioned. The church is mentioned, I think, 19 times 
In the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, the word church is used, the word ecclesia. You don't see the word ecclesia used again until Revelation 19, and the church is not here for the tribulation period. The church is in heaven for the tribulation period. So these saints are not the church. Saints is a name that God called his people throughout the ages. The Old Testament saints were the Jews. The church is the Jews and Gentiles. We are now this, uh, this mystery group made up of Jews and Gentiles. We are his saints now. There's going to be tribulation saints, Gentiles and Jews who are going to believe on Jesus during the tribulation period that are not part of the church. The church is going to come to a conclusion, the era of the church at the rapture, where Jesus will come back for his church to take us to heaven. And that's where we will be for the Bema Seat of Christ and to prepare for the marriage supper of the Lamb. The church is not here during the tribulation period. The scriptures are very, very clear about this, at least not for the, certainly not for the great tribulation period where God's wrath is poured out upon a Christ-rejecting world and upon the Antichrist and the, and, and the dragon and the beast. It says, um, it was granted him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And we know it's not the church because Jesus promised us the gates of hell will never prevail against my church. So if these saints are going to be overcome by the devil, it, these saints cannot be the church of Jesus Christ because greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. As a matter of fact, we're the restraining force that is keeping back the Antichrist and the wickedness from just completely taking over this world. It's only the church that is the, the wall that's holding back the flood, the tide of evil that is coming upon the world. And so the church will have to be removed out of the way before the Antichrist can come and the, the, the world will be given over to the devil's man. He says, uh, authority was given to him over every tribe, every, over, over every tongue and nation, and all who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life, uh, book of, life of the Lamb, who was slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And so the ten toes, the ten kings, and the ten horns that are mentioned in the scriptures are related to the last days revived Roman Empire where there's going to be ten nations, or they're not going to be nations, they're just going to be ten rulers who are going to carve up the world and they are going to run the world. And then Satan is going to slither his way in there and take the whole thing over. And then everyone is going to worship uh, the, the, the devil's man, uh, or they're going to be uh, basically excluded from the economy. They won't be able to buy or sell if they don't take the mark of the beast on the right hand of their forehead, the number 666. Uh, they will not be allowed to buy or sell, so they'll be excluded from the economy. Then they'll be put into prison, and then they will be beheaded, uh, is what the scriptures say will happen to those who refuse to worship Satan and to take the mark of the beast. But those who do worship Satan and do take the mark of the beast, there is no salvation for them. We're going to look at that on Sunday morning. We'll spend a little bit of time looking at the mark of the beast and what that might be. Uh, I want to go to one more scripture here in Psalm chapter 2, where the psalmist predicted this war that was going to come from the nations of the earth against God himself and against his Messiah, speaking again of this last day's kingdom that's going to the revive Roman Empire that the Antichrist is going to take over and that Jesus is going to come back and destroy in Psalm chapter 2 and verse 1 
Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed one or his Messiah, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion, says the Lord. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten thee. So this is the Old Testament showing us that Jesus Christ uh, is the only begotten son of the father, just like John 3.16 tells us. He's the only begotten son. Today you are, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Uh, I've begotten thee. Ask of me. And I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the Father tells the Son, and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel, the same thing that was quoted in Revelation chapter 12 about the male child that was born to the woman, uh, Israel. Now therefore be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges or rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling, kiss the son, or, or pay homage to him, literally fall down before him and worship him, lest he be angry and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little, and blessed are all those who put their trust in him. So Psalm 2 is telling us what's coming. This is Jesus Christ returning to conquer the devil's man and the Antichrist and the kingdom of the Antichrist when he returns uh, the second time, when Jesus comes the second time. Uh, and, and so his wrath is going to be poured out. That's why the, the bride of Christ will not be here for the wrath of God being poured out. We are not under wrath. We're not appointed to wrath. First Thessalonians 5 verse 9 tells us, but unto salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 1 tells us, the church is not mentioned here on the earth during the tribulation period. The church is in heaven in Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5. The great tribulation begins in Revelation chapter 6. The church is never mentioned here on the earth from Revelation 6 until Revelation 19 when it's the heavenly scene again and you see the church preparing herself, the bride of Christ, uh, dressed in white, uh, white and clean and bright and the, the, the virgin, pure bride of Christ preparing herself for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Uh, and she comes back, the church comes back with Jesus when he returns to the earth in Revelation chapter 19 to uh, destroy the Antichrist, to cast the Antichrist and the false prophet into the lake of fire, to uh, bind uh, Satan, or it's Michael the archangel, will bind Satan for a thousand years in the bottomless pit. And Jesus Christ will at this point rule and reign in righteousness and justice and peace over the whole world uh, for a thousand years. And so this is what's coming. The scriptures have told us this for a long time. This psalm was probably written close to 3,000 years ago and was already predicting what was going to happen. Daniel was written 2,600 years ago. The book of Revelation was written by John on the Isle of Patmos, John the beloved apostle, about 2,000 years ago. And yet we see that everything is aligning. All the scriptures are coming together and all the prophecies are being fulfilled or beginning to be fulfilled right before our very eyes.
Now, what we're going to be talking about for the rest of the evening is the Great Reset and the Agenda 21, which is not the agenda for 2021. It's the agenda for the 21st century, for the 21st century, Agenda 21. There is also a 2030 agenda, goals that they want to meet, the World Economic Forum and the World Bank. Uh, and these other international groups that they want to achieve this, these goals by the year 2030. They have other goals that they want to achieve by the year 2050. They're uh, shrouding all of this that they want to save the world. It's all shrouded in climate change talk. If you want to know what's coming, go back and listen to what Bernie Sanders was saying when he was running for president. Go listen to what uh, AOC is saying about what she thinks should happen. Go read about the Green New Deal because they didn't come up with this. Bernie Sanders did not come up with the Green New Deal. Neither did AOC. This is from the World Economic Forum. This is the 2030 agenda for to stop climate change is what they say. But it's much bigger than just stopping climate change, quote unquote. They are going to take over the entire world. Now I want to read to you I have so much documentation. We'll see how much I can get through here. Um, I have literally, literally done hundreds of hours of research into this. So when people say your pastor is crazy, have them contact the church office if they're serious, and I will bury them with information and see if they have the patience to spend 500 hours researching this, or 250 hours. I've spent at least 250 hours researching this over the last 12 months, 10 months, really, since COVID started. Uh, and it is just, it'll blow your mind when you start to kind of look behind the curtain and you see what's really going on. So I want to start with a report here that was leaked out to the internet by someone who works for Trudeau's government in Canada. This is a Canadian report that was leaked out back in early October. And of course, we could say, well, if it was leaked from a government employee who's a whistleblower for the government of Canada who didn't want to be identified, you're going to see for obvious reasons because of what he's revealing, uh, how do we know that it's true? Well, we really don't know it's true, except that the first three months since this came out in early October, everything is happening that he predicted was going to happen, or she. We don't know if it's a male or a female. Somebody leaked this out to the press, leaked it out to the internet. The story got buried pretty quickly uh, uh, by the mainstream media and so forth, but other people picked up on it. So this is a Canadian report. This is leaked information from someone who works for the government of Canada related to their COVID plan for 2021 for the nation of Canada. He says this, he says, I want to provide you with some very important information. I'm a committee member within the Liberal Party of Canada. And of course, the Liberal Party of Canada rules Canada. I sit within several committee groups, but the information I'm providing is originating from the Strategic Planning Committee, which is steered by the PMO. I need to start off by saying that I'm not happy doing this, but I have to. As a Canadian, and more importantly as a parent who wants a better future, not only for my children, but for other children as well. The other reason I'm doing this is because roughly 30% of the committee members are not pleased with the direction that this will take Canada. But our opinions have been ignored and they plan on moving forward toward their goals. 
they have also made it very clear that nothing will stop the planned outcomes. The roadmap and aim was set out by the PMO, and it is as follows. So this is someone who's a, uh, a whistleblower who's leaking the plan from the government of Canada, and he says in here that every government around the world has a plan like this, customized for its nation with its own constitutions and so forth. But this is happening all over the world. This was uh, uh, dated right here is October 14th, 2020. So this was dated in, in early October. It was leaked. The, the information was prior to October 14th, 2020, maybe from August or September. We don't really know. But this I found in October. I found this document in October. And here's what he predicts is coming. He says, there's going to be a phase in of a secondary lockdown. Remember, this was early October when this was leaked. Phase in of a secondary lockdown restrictions on a rolling basis, starting with major metropolitan areas first, and then expanding outward, expected by November 2020. Now, did we see that happen in November of 2020? Did they say that it was beginning to spread again because of Thanksgiving and there were all these outbreaks everywhere because we were bad boys and girls and we didn't obey the governor when he told us all to stay home, but he could still go and have dinner with 22 people up at the French Laundry restaurant during that time and that was okay for our governor, but you weren't allowed to meet with your families, right, for Thanksgiving and then we're all to blame because of uh, what happened after Thanksgiving. The hospitals got filled up again and so forth. This was part of the plan. There was going to be a secondary lockdown uh, starting in the metropolitan areas first, which is where it started, the big cities, and then going to the rural areas, which, of course, uh, here we are uh, in, in, in December with the strictest lockdowns that we've had since the coronavirus first started. This was expected by November 2020. You could check that as being exactly what happened. Secondly, he says, rush the acquisition of or construction of isolation facilities across every province and territory expected by December of 2020. I don't know if you notice online, if wherever you look, it says FEMA is hiring. FEMA is hiring. They are building FEMA camps all over the country right now in America. Um, we don't know why they're building FEMA camps. They're staffed with federal workers, FEMA workers, and so forth. Uh, they're isolation camps, or maybe you can call them concentration camps. But this is happening all over the world. These isolation camps, it's what they're going to do with the people who don't go with the program, these isolation camps. Uh, and of course, this is not going to be in the mainstream media. This is because the mainstream media is owned by the people that are pushing this agenda. He says, daily new cases of COVID-19 will surge beyond capacity of testing, including increases in COVID-related deaths following the same growth curves expected by the end of November 2020. Have we seen an increase in deaths from COVID starting at the end of November 2020 and then just getting worse from there? We certainly have. This guy's not a prophet, but he's predicted everything accurately of what came upon at least America. I'm sure it's happening in Canada. I know it's happening in the UK and Britain and uh, Ireland and so forth as well. He says, uh, a complete and total secondary lockdown, much stricter than the first, and second rolling phase restrictions expected by the end of December 2020 and early January 2021. So this is now future of what he says is coming. There's going to be uh, complete and total secondary lockdowns, at least in Canada. 
Uh, Canada, again, is a much more liberal nation with much more liberal politicians running that nation uh, who are on board with all of this. Trudeau and the others are all on board with what's coming. Uh, America, they may have more of a fight on their hands, but um, needless to say, this is what is predicted, a complete and total secondary lockdown uh, end of December 2020, early January 2021. Then reform and expansion of the unemployment program to be transitioned into the universal basic income program expected by quarter one, that's January, February, March of 2021. So start listening to the politicians as they start talking about giving everybody money. Are our politicians talking about giving everybody money in America right now? Well, that's universal basic income. That's the government giving everybody a check to do nothing, to stay home. So this is happening all over the world. He says reform and expansion or uh, projected COVID-19 mutation. This is very interesting. He predicts a mutation of COVID-19. Interesting. He says projected COVID-19 mutation and or co-infection with secondary virus referred to as COVID-21 leading to a third wave with much higher mortality rate and higher rate of infection expected by February of 2021. I'd say they're right on track with that. It started with the mutation in the UK. They initially said, don't worry about the mutation. We're not sure if it's dangerous or not. Well, now the mutation's in Colorado. The mutation's all over the world, they say, this COVID-19 mutation that is far more deadly and far more contagious than the original. This is what they predicted would happen, expected by the end uh, of, of February of 2021. He continues here. Okay, so continuing on the, on the schedule, he says daily new cases of COVID-21 hospitalizations and COVID-19 and COVID-21 related deaths will exceed medical care facilities capacity expected Q1 to Q2, so that's January through June of 2021. So this is now future. So just look for that. Are we gonna see uh, uh, tremendous number of hospitalizations and deaths that are going to exceed the medical care facility's capacity. We're already running into it. They're already saying the hospitals are full. There's no more capacity. What are we going to do with all the sick people? You see, he continues, enhanced lockdown restrictions referred to as a third lockdown will be implemented. Full travel restrictions will be imposed including interprovince and intercity, expected by the second quarter of 2021. So this is when they really begin to stop you from traveling, set up checkpoints at borders of cities and of states to where you can't cross into another state. You can't cross into a city or leave a city and come back. Uh, this is what is being predicted with the third lockdown, full travel restrictions will be imposed. Kind of like what happened at the very beginning. Remember like the first two weeks of COVID where there was nobody on the streets of Los Angeles, nobody on the freeways, nobody in Paris, France, you know, all the pictures around the world, all the places were empty. It's going to be that again, but it's going to be uh, enforced with military or with government uh, law enforcement. He continues, transitioning of individuals into the universal basic income program expected by mid-Q2 of 2021. So the idea is to pay everybody to stay home so you don't have to worry about 
losing your job, losing your business, not being able to go to work because of all of the shutdowns uh, that are coming. The government is going to pay you uh, not to work. This is universal basic income, which Bernie Sanders talked about, Andrew Yang talked about, AOC talked about. We have to listen to what they're saying. All of these people know because they're progressives, they're socialists, and this is a progressive socialist agenda that's coming out of Europe. He continues, he says, um, projected supply chain breakdowns, inventory shortages, and lar large economic instability expected late Q2 of 2021. So that's through the end of June of 2021. We're going to have supply chain breakdowns, inventory shortages, and large economic instability. I could see this already happening. You're already having supply chain breakdowns because of COVID. Factories are being shut down. Someone gets sick, they shut the whole factory down. Uh, food processing is shut down all over the world. Meat packing plants are shut down all over the world. One person gets sick, they shut the whole thing down for two or three weeks. And so you have the shipping containers not following their normal course of action, shipping food around the world because of the ports and because of COVID restrictions and because uh, of the worry of the regulations that are going to be in place and the checkpoints that are going to be in place. And so it's very easy to see how we could start to run short on food. And once food begins to be scarce, the price of food will skyrocket. And this is all part of the plan to devalue our currency. He continues and says, then the deployment of military personnel into major metropolitan areas, so these are the big cities, as well as all major roadways to establish travel checkpoints, to restrict travel and movement, and to provide logistical support to the area expected by Q3 2021. So that puts you out until the end of November of 2000, I'm sorry, of September of 2021, the end of the third quarter, military personnel. And again, uh, if Biden's in the White House, which is very likely to be the case, then the United States federal government will go along with all of this because Biden's on board. Biden spoke many times at the World Economic Forum. Biden is good friends with Klaus Schwab, who's the founder of the, uh, the World Economic Forum, who's putting all of this together for the nations of the world. Biden is all for this. So is uh, um, Harris, his running mate, uh, Kamala Harris. And uh, so are a lot of the Democrats actually not speaking politics. It's just they bought into this hook, line, and sinker. It's their socialistic utopia dream that everybody's going to be paid to sit home and the government's, you know, just tax all the rich people to death, give, you know, money to all the poor people and, you know, uh, basically redistribute the wealth and everything's going to be wonderful. It's this phony utopia, this fantasy land that is not reality. It's really actually called communism is, is what it's called. And communism doesn't work. It just enriches and empowers the people who are on top of the government. He says, uh, continuing, along with that provided roadmap, the Strategic Planning Committee was asked to design an effective way of transitioning Canadians to meet an unprecedented economic endeavor, one that would change the face of Canada and forever alter the lives of Canadians. What we were told was that in order to offset what was essentially an economic collapse on an international scale, that the federal government was going to offer Canadians a total debt relief. This is how it works. The federal government will offer to eliminate all personal debts. This is in Canada, but they have their own version of it for every nation. 
Because this is the United Nations who's putting this together. They know what all the nations are. They've been meeting and running the world from the UN for 50, 60 years after World War II when the UN was formed. And so there's going to be total debt relief, mortgages, loans, credit cards, etc., which all funding, funding will be provided. So the World Bank and the World Economic Forum, the billionaires of uh, pretty much of Europe, are going to bail out all the nations of the world for all their debt. And it's going to probably start with the federal debt, and then it's going to be offered as a carrot in order to uh, basically take the vaccine or take whatever it is that they're telling you to take at that time, microchip or vaccine or nanobots or uh, gene editing uh, uh, shots that they're going to put into your arm, uh, messenger RNA vaccines, etc. that if you will do this and not fight it, we're going to wipe out all your debts. How many Americans do you think would sign up for that? Say, I'll take whatever shot you want in my arm and I'll call whoever you want, I'll call them president or call them king, if you will just wipe out my credit card debt, or you will wipe out my business debt, or you will wipe out, pay off my mortgage on all of my rental properties, or you will wipe out all of my college student loan debt, you see. So this is an easy thing for them. If someone's willing to put up the money, which the World Bank has all the money in the world to be able to do this, you could see how easily the majority, so they don't have to get everyone to go along with this. They just have to get the majority of people to go along with it, just like we see with our elections. They don't need you know, more than 51% of the vote, and then they cheat to get that 51% if they don't get it legitimately. Uh, so this is, this is the stick in the carrot sort of a scenario that is being predicted. It says all the funding is going to be provided to Canada by the International Monetary Fund, which is an arm of the World Bank, which works under the auspices of the World Economic Forum and works side by side with the World Health Organization and the United Nations. It, this is going to become known as the World Debt reset program and in exchange for acceptance of this total debt forgiveness the individual would forfeit ownership of any and all property and assets forever the individual would also have to agree to partake in the covid 19 and covid 21 vaccination schedule so here's the carrot you take the vaccine shots every year or twice a year whatever they want to give you until they get enough nanobots in your body so that they could rewire your brain or alter your DNA or whatever they're going to do, uh, they'll wipe out your debt for you, which will provide the individual with unrestricted travel and unrestricted living even under a full lockdown through the use of photo identification referred to as Canada's health pass. Every nation has their own health pass. It's on your phone. You have a COVID health pass that's automatically on all your smartphones. It's been downloaded whether you want it or not. So this is Canada's version. It's not going to be exactly the same as America because we have a different government, different constitution. But this is what they're doing to the whole world. And so if you get the vaccine, you know, here's the carrot, the gleaming golden carrot. Uh, do what we say. We're going to wipe out your debts. You're going to be able to go wherever you want. You won't be restricted. You go to football games. You can go to basketball games. You can go to concerts again. You can do whatever you want. You can go to work. You can fly on airplanes. You, you, know, you can go to the hospital. You can go into government buildings, courthouses. But what's going to happen to the people who don't take the carrot, who refuse to have your debts forgiven and get the vaccine shot as often as they want to give it to you, the schedule into your arm? Well, obviously, you are not going to be permitted to do all those things. 
He continues and says, committee members asked, who would become the owner of the forfeited property? Great question. And the assets in that scenario, and what would happen to the lenders or financial institutions? We were simply told that the World Debt Reset Program will handle all of the details. I'm sure they will. Several committee members also question what would happen to individuals if they refused to participate in the World Debt Reset Program or the Health Pass or the vaccination schedule. Notice this is all tied back to the vaccination, guys. And the answer we got was very troubling. Essentially, we were told it was our duty to make sure we came up with a plan to ensure that that would never happen. We were told that it was in the individual's best interest to participate. When several committee members pushed relentlessly to get an answer, we were told that those who refused would first live under the lockdown restrictions indefinitely, so if you don't like being locked in your house all the time, you're going to want to play the game and do what they say. Otherwise, you're locked out of society indefinitely, stuck at your home. And that over a short period of time, as more Can Canadians transitioned into the debt forgiveness program, the ones who refused to participate would be deemed a public safety risk and would be relocated into, remember those isolation facilities that they're building in December of 2020? They're going to be relocated into isolation facilities, otherwise known as FEMA camps, otherwise known as concentration camps. Once in those facilities, they would be given two options, participate in the debt forgiveness program and be released, or stay indefinitely in the isolation facility under the classification of a serious public health risk and have all of their assets seized. That's the stick. You don't want the carrot, they're gonna give you the stick, they're gonna take your stuff anyways. Basically what they're gonna do guys is they're gonna destroy our economy. They're already doing it with these shutdowns. They're putting us so far into debt, we will never be able to climb out of the debt that we are in. Our debt is at almost $28 trillion. That's just the US national sovereign debt that we as a nation owe to other nations primarily. $28 trillion. Uh, the interest on that at 10% would be 2.8 trillion. That's about all that we get from tax revenues on a given year. Anywhere from two and a half to four trillion dollars is our tax revenues to run the whole federal government, our military, everything else. And so if they jack interest rates up from zero up to eight or 10%, and they've loaned us all this money, and they say, well, you've got to pay our debts, that, that you borrowed the money from us, the World Bank, the World Economic Forum, uh, what are we going to do as a nation? We're going to raise the taxes on all the people that are making money and begin to tax all the property owners. That's going to cause even more of a great economic collapse. Uh, the price uh, of property is going to drop. The price of real estate is going to drop. The price of stocks and bonds investments are going to drop. Uh, and you're going to see an inflated dollar where your money doesn't buy. This is called inflation. It's what happened in Germany in the late 1920s and 1930s where their Deutschmark collapsed. And that's what brought Hitler into power because you have an economic collapse. Your money becomes literally worthless. And by the way, all this is to push you because they're going to get rid of our money anyways at the end of 2021, 2022, and they're going to exchange it for a electronic currency, a cryptocurrency. Uh, sounds a lot like the mark of the beast in Revelation chapter 13 to me, that if you don't play by the rules of the government that's going to be basically calling the shots from Europe, from a revived Roman Empire, you are going to be locked out of society 
economically initially, and then it's going to get uh, worse and worse from there. So let's, let's go ahead and stop there and take a break. We all want to thank you for listening. If this message has blessed you, as we all pray that it has, send the link to this podcast to your friends. Working together, we can get Michael's teaching of the whole of God's inerrant word to all those who hunger to hear it. If you would like to see this ministry expand to reach even more of the broken and lost, if you have questions, comments, and prayer requests, email us at coahpodcast at gmail.com. We would be honored to pray for you, as we hope you are praying for us. Good day and God bless from City on a Hill Church to Hatchapi, California.